0: Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Hey, welcome back to the podcast, the one and only Nathan Goebel, Father John, and we are here at a very beautiful, uh, snowy night, contrasted by angry, angry, really untech savvy uh, Yeah, that's right. Guys, can we just have one person who knows what they're doing? Ty, can you just learn how to do this? We have Ty Poor in the Ty. basement. Ty's folding clothes down here. And uh, we need to send him off for get a degree in computer something. Can we just put an ask out? Can I just do that right now as we sure. start? Okay. We have this one piece of junk. I don't even know what it's called. M-Audio?
1: M-Audio. built we...
0: Output One. So it's like the piece between the microphones and the computer. What's mm-hmm. it called? An M-Audio? <laughs> we need a new one. That. And if you can help us with that, we'd be grateful. Because yeah. every week, we just spend another hour doing that. And... Uh, as you know from the Temperaments podcast, cholerics don't like inefficiency and they don't like dealing with it. And the Pope resigned on Monday. So <laughs> And yesterday was Ash Wednesday, so we're all famished and and angry. So I I had an amazing breakfast. I had two eggs
1: and two chicken strips that we had for Lord's Day. It was just like, that is the way I end my Ash Wednesday fast.
0: That's funny. I was dying for a great breakfast too. I went out for uh Biscuits and gravy, my favorite. Well played. But I went too late in the in the morning, and I was like waiting on the guy looking at the watch because I have a twelve ten mass, oh. so I had to eat it in about three minutes, and then I had to preach twice as long and say the Eucharistic first Eucharistic prayer very slowly. But we got to the hour, okay. so it was all good.
1: But you're you're given you're given like permission, right? Like the priest has to be able to consume.
0: Yeah, but what is that? Ah, we won't talk about that. Well,
1: n- another time,
0: another time. So, anyways, okay. we uh, thought it'd be fitting. Uh, This is the Thursday after Ash Wednesday, so this will come out next Wednesday. So that'll be about 10 days after the big announcement on February 11th that Pope Benedict, in the first time since the year 1415, has resigned from the papacy. Crazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I woke up, and I was, like, groggy and going for my cup of coffee, and then the guys are giggling around the computer. And I'm like, what? And so I walk over. Half expecting to see like a YouTube video of Teletubby singing Journey or something. Um, or no, Spongebob Squarepants singing Journey. It's on there, like 12 million views. Um, but instead, it was like the Poper signs. I was like, this is stupid. So then I go to the CNN. Then that one says the same thing. And then I go to Whispers in the Logia. Oh, yeah. Homepage. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's and, a, that's uh, a nerdy uh, clerical. And then, uh, and then I see it on there. I'm like, this is
0: wild. So, yeah. Wild is right. Never in my lifetime. I got a text from David Toner, one of our students, and I was like, he's from California. He doesn't know what he's talking about. No offense if you're from California. But David's, uh, I was just like, oh, man. And sure enough, he resigned. Yep. So today what we're going to talk about is uh, what does that mean exactly, canonically, and what's the historical precedent Mm -hmm. for it. Good. Now, I must say. Wikipedia has some good stuff on this.
1: As per usual. The
0: first word I read on the Wikipedia site was the Latin word for resignation. Resignatus. His, no. Renun, renunciato. Oh. Renunciation. Mm-hmm. So the first thing we got to say is what did the Pope do? When you read his address, he says this. With full freedom, I declare that I renounce yeah. the ministry of Bishop of Rome. So the first thing is that the tradition that we have is not a resignation like a president or a CEO or something. <coughs> I'm just getting emotional. I'm sorry. Oh, the pope. <coughs> Please. This is Earl Grey. We usually drink alcohol. Now we're drinking tea because it's Lent. Yep, yep. Just say something. <laughs> sing, sing Journey in your Teletubby voice.
1: Yeah, so um, I know how it feels, John, when you just totally embarrass yourself on the air, but usually I say something stupid. You're just doing something stupid.
0: I just I don't know. I get the emotions. Some they just strong Earl up. Grey. That's some strong Earl Grey. Ty, what'd you put in my tea? Is it Lady Grey? Just joking. No, Lady. Or it is Lady Grey because oh, Earl Grey see. is decaf. Did you know that? Yeah. Oh, you're so smart. You know everything. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. And of course, you're listening to Catholic stuff. You should know, and not a health podcast.
0: Yes, that's right. Now, <laughs> um, yeah, maybe it's our bodies are trying to maybe recover. Maybe you
1: caught tuberculosis from the Painted Veil podcast. Oh, that's no, true. No, it's cholera.
0: Anyways, uh, I'm just trying to
1: fill fill <laughs> time right now. I'm good. I'm ready to go. Okay, I'm ready
0: to go. Okay, thanks. But prepare so the next one's not as awkward. Okay, so with full fr- with full freedom, I declare that I renounce the ministry of Bishop of Rome, successor of Saint Peter, entrusted to me by the cardinals on April 19, 2005, in such a way that as from the Fe- February 28, 2013, at 2000 hours, the See of Rome, the See of Saint Peter, will be vacant, and a conclave to elect the next supreme pontiff will have to be convoked by those competent to do so Hmm. so the language is of renunciation right so there's basically two ways to lose the office of papacy which is to die or to renounce it um the code of canon law does stipulate this right and uh it's canon uh 332 but basically all it says is that the papacy is an office we'll talk about that in a second and that if you are going to renounce it you have to do it in full freedom and you have to do it um in a way that's like um How does it say it? It's, like, recognized. It's a public forum, Mm -hmm. even if it's just to the cardinals. Um, But it doesn't have to be accepted by anyone because you're the highest authority in the church. But, like, if I was to renounce whatever, the priestly state, it would have to be accepted by the next highest, you Mm -hmm. know, the priestly office. Um, One of the things I was talking about with college students, because they're confused, it's kind of like if we understand the pope as, like, CEO of the Catholic institution, the Catholic world organization, which is not, then it's like, oh, we got to get a new guy. But basically the tradition, everything, the deposit of faith is in hand is handed over to the apostles and to the successors of the apostles. Peter has primacy. So he's in office, but it's not like Pope and then bishops and then priests and then deacons, yeah. which everybody, you know, a lot of people know that hearing that, but that's just good to remember that. Like he's one of the bishops. So it's not like between February 28th until whatever, March 6th, there's just nobody in charge. Mm-hmm. It's the apostles, right? The apostolic college. And from that, they they elect the successor of Peter.
1: But he is the head of the Apostolic
0: College. He is. But so what I mean, I'm saying is that the deposit of faith is still, It's there's yeah. never a moment, there's not like a moment where it's just like no one's protecting the faith. Right. No one's handing on the oh, faith. Oh, I
1: see. Yeah, who's watching the shop?
0: Who's watching the shop? Famous so anyways. line. So anyways, it was, it was crazy. You didn't catch it. But he, uh, I didn't, I didn't, sorry. Uh, I'm just trying not to like, I don't know, It's sneeze. Ronald Reagan,
1: John. Ronald, yeah, for all my listeners out there. Oh, Just a brilliant quote. I love it. Now Thank it's my
0: you. listeners. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Busted. Okay, so so he's renounced the papacy. He's, he's renounced the office. He's done so val- validly. But the Code of canon law doesn't have a lot on this. So it's going right. to get crazy. Yeah. We're expecting Dave Eubing. You know Dave Eubing? Eub the Eubing. Eub the Dave the he Eub Eubing. He is, uh, works for Catholic News Agency over in Rome, and he was at the press conference, and he put some on Facebook that talked about how we're, we're going to be expecting probably some canons to come out and be promulgated in the next two weeks that will explain who is this guy Benedict slash Ratzinger and how do we deal with him and right. how do we engage him? Yeah, I think he's no- gonna. Nobody be...
1: knows where. I mean, they said where he's gonna stay, but then like, will right. he will he still white? Right. You know, because usually the Pope. So he's gonna be in why, the Vatican like, Gardens. What is his name. Yep, and we'll uh, go by Cardinal Ratzinger. You know,
0: when I was there in November, um, there's this super cool medieval tower in the Vatican Gardens, and I was like, I bet he'll live in that. Yeah. So I don't know what this, you know... He's uh, in a monastery. Vacant, there's uh, like
1: a... there's like a, They're building one for the religious sisters there, and apparently he's going to be the chaplain or something.
0: He's going to take the old one? Something like that? Yeah. Okay, so basically, before give we get him in... an
1: Xbox, <laughs> steady supply of Doritos. That's right, go for you know, it. All the theological books. And that would be you,
0: you, you renouncing the papacy. The uh, Here, this is from Father Lombardi, who's the director of the uh, Holy See Press Office. Just, just a couple things on kind of the next few weeks, okay? So, um... First off, he says, you know, everything is going as usual. He's still the Pope. That's why you're going to still hear his name uh, when you go to Mass. We're still praying for Pope Benedict um, until the 28th at 8 o'clock in Rome. His his final general audience will be the 27th of February. His last public Mass was Ash Ash Wednesday, Wednesday yesterday, Right, just crazy. So they moved it from uh, San Sabina, Sabina, something like that, where they usually do it. Yeah. Have you been there? Nope. i never been either. there either. Um, you never been to Rome? Nope, and you have Italian blood in you. We'll you got do mafia blood. I
1: went to Florence. That's where my Italian blood's from.
0: Ah, okay, okay.
1: Not the hot-blooded Lazioans.
0: That's right. How did I mistake you for that? I don't know. So, the uh, you're fading on me. Come back now. I'm listening. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's like you've been in a hot tub or something like that. you on, this. Lois. Father Lombardi stated that the Holy Father will live a solitary life of prayer and reflection in the former cloistered monastery within the grounds of the Vatican. So you're right. He'll use this time for prayer and reflection and does not have any responsibility in the administrative government of the church. This is absolutely clear, they say. Pope Benedict will have no role in the upcoming conclave of his successor. So wow. he's not going to be like the godfather, just like kind of putting his next guy in place, something like that. He This is, com- this is profound humility. This guy is just completely, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. completely removing himself just to pray. Okay?
1: Well, the, we were talking about it and joking around about it because for the last... For the well, I mean, with JP two, he tried to retire twice, you know, and yeah. so he submitted his re- his resignation or you know, retirement papers twice, and they were rejected by, by JP two. Then he dies. And then are oh, like, talking oh, about
0: Ratzinger tried to resign right. twice, yeah, from so. his from the, his office. So yet.
1: then he, you know, then he becomes pope, and he's just like, man, I'm kind of tired, and you know, and then he like reading canon law one night before he goes to sleep, he's like, wait a second, I can resign, sweet. That's right. So now he gets his retirement, and no, and he doesn't have to submit it to anyone.
0: So are you angry about this? No,
1: I mean it was kind of it was shocking. Um, you know, kind of sad because I was hoping to be ordained a at least a deacon under Benedict, but now the conclave is going to be, um, the conclave is going to be like March what twelfth, something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I 15th, mean, it's something like, like Yeah, and so... And Nathan's going to be ordained on the... T- the 16th. 16th.
1: So, I'm, I mean, there could be no pope. There could be a brand new pope. I could be the first ever cleric <laughs> ordained. We should get that validated.
0: First cleric ordained. Like,
1: if they did it on Friday, if nobody has an ordination scheduled, and you it just... You so the first cleric. We will be the first ones ever ordained under this new pontiff. That is impressive. I should get, like, a button. At least. Or
0: a sash. A lapel. You yeah. don't have to wear a collar. You can just wear your lapel. I don't
1: coat. know. I mean, it, it was sad. Um... You know, I don't like change, obviously. Um, But, um, yeah, I mean, the Lord knows what he's doing. And the last pope was pretty cool. The one before that was pretty cool. The one before that, JP1, was actually pretty cool. Um, Nobody knows about him because he was in office for, like, you know, 40 (laughs) minutes. Um, And then, uh, you know, so God's taking care of his church. So I'm just trying to...
0: I'm just trying to be humble, John. Those are some profound thoughts. JP2 was cool. JP1 was cool. Just trying to hang in there. So they're like, if they're still listening to this podcast at this point, I'm going to be shocked.
1: Yeah. If you guys want to rewind to like (laughs) minute five when John had his little coughing spat, and then we'll decide who's cooler. That's
0: right. Okay. So let's go into the history. Ready? Go on, John. Okay. So the first resignation of the Pope. I count nine, by the way.
1: Nine resignations.
0: Yeah, so he's number ten. Oh, if I'm doing my math right, but some of them are a little shady. There, mm-hmm. It gets a, it's getting a little dicey right, when we get into the uh, the Middle Ages. First resignation is a good one, right? First two guys were saints. Um, first one was in the year 235. Pope Saint Pontian. 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 Is it P? P. Okay. Pontian the bridge was arrested and sent to labor in the mines of Sardinia. Oh. To prevent the Church of Rome from being headless, he laid yeah. down his office to allow a successor to be named. So the first one, oh. it was because of an arrest and sure. basically sent into exile. Mm-hmm. So he just said, "Take it, pretty sweet." And he and then he died in basically an exile, working like that. Uh, and then the second one was uh, certain Martialis. So that's the first one was two thirty. The second one was two ninety six. So these guys were. Um, this is early on. And then there was uh, another one in the 4th century. So you can kind of see, like, the first time it starts to happen is right towards the end, right? The late uh, 230s into the late 200s, you got three guys um, who abdicate slash renounce the office because of the persecution is intensifying under Diocletian, these different guys. Hmm. And then it's going to end, you know, after Constantine and things kind of calm out. And then it's not going to be till the corruption, really, of the popes that begins in the 11th century – That we're going to see this kind of come back again. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it kind of like hit its high point, and then you had three guys, and then the next one to do it is uh, in the year 1104 John the 23rd. What? John the 23rd, who was not a real pope. Oh. Right. Really? Yeah. That's why John the 23rd of the 20th century took his name. Huh. So actually, now that I think about it, this is an anti pope. Yeah. Scratch this one from our list because he's an anti pope. I didn't realize that he slipped into that one. So yeah. So
1: he resigned under, not being a real pope, but he resigned. He resigned. But then he resigned like aptly, right? Because then there was a new pope.
0: There was a real pope. So he was actually not counted as a real papal oh, okay. resignation because well, he's actually not a pope.
1: Way to go, John the Twenty Third.
0: But that's why John the Twenty Third took his name. Isn't it interesting?
1: To continue Think about the, that one. What? Why?
0: Okay, let's get to the most famous one. I know. It's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. This is an interesting guy, actually. Five thirties, a Pope Saint uh Silvarius refused to resign and was starved to death. Right? Isn't that crazy? They, they they kept pressuring him politically to resign. That's probably from the East at this point. And uh, he just refused and they just starved him out. So they don't always resign under pressure. And then you get into the uh mm-hmm. um eleven forties and this is where it starts to get ugly. Benedict the Sixth the not Benedict Sixteen, excuse me. Benedict the Ninth, terrible Pope Resigned and attempted to become pope again several times, according to reliable reports. Uh, And he eventually um, did the rest of his life in uh, penance. But the most famous one, and I think the one who's most similar to Pope Benedict, is? Did you look at this at all? The guy before him. The guy before him. St. Peter Celestine, right? He's the most famous. His election ended a three-year conclave. Crazy, huh? But he was uh, an unworldly hermit, as this says, known for his holiness. He proved inept at the high stakes political world of the Roman Curia. He announced to the Consistory of Cardinals in the year 1294 that he was freely resigning the papacy. And then his successor kind of instituted in what would have been a book of canon law, the Liber Sixtus in 1298. And that's kind of where we get the, Mm. the canonical practice of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, but then the most recent one is Gregory, uh, the twelfth, who in the year fourteen fifteen resigned, hoping to end the schism at the con- uh, Council of Constance, and that didn't work. Sorry, we're still in schism. But that's crazy. It's been six hundred years, and you think to yourself, "Oh, that's kind of crazy." Benedict just going for it, but it's interesting when you think about a little more modern um, settings. We know historically that um, that Pius the seventh. Had signed a document saying that if he were taken into um, yes into um, imprisonment in France, this is like 1804, 1805, mm-hmm. that um, by Napoleon that uh, he would immediately, and that they would flee to Portugal yep. and elect a new pope there. Yeah, and though it's not historically confirmed, there is possible evidence that Pius XII did something similar, right. just in case he was taken by the Nazis. Mm-hmm. That uh, on the case of that, uh, he would automatically. Um, renounce. It was already kind of worked. Mm-hmm. It was like a conditional renunciation or something like that. Interesting. So you think about that and you think about the way the world is changing and the way the office of the papacy has been changing. So you look at like really three periods where we see that fourth, third, fourth century, 11th through the 14th century, and then the last couple centuries. We haven't had one, but it's been very close. The f- first and the third look very similar, right? The only time popes are renouncing the papacy. Is when the papacy is either absolutely worldly, or the world is starting to crush the church, and I think yeah. that's what we have to learn from this. That's why it's kind of unbelievable, is that we're the secularization, especially in the West, is looking very similar to what was happening in the third, fourth century. Though Benedict was not starved to death, or he wasn't thrown into, um, um, you know, some kind of uh, work camp or something right. like that. The pressures of the world on the on the papacy are. are uh, just radically yeah. different,
1: and he says that you know, like given the spiritual and physical nature of this office, you know, I just realized that I can't carry it out. This doctor's already told him that he wasn't supposed to be traveling overseas, and with all that's going on in the world, um not just in continental Europe, but you know you have you have the explosion of faith in Africa and Asia, and the real gift that the papacy can be to those places. You know the United States and Ireland, like you know, still reeling from the abuse scandals and everything. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think that. I mean, I had to kind of not this. It's not a fantasy, but you know, what if he resigns and then dies before you know, like the hmm. because I mean, it, it is great humility, but for God to I mean, I don't want God to kill him, um, but. <laughs> You know, like I don't know what he's gonna do. Maybe, maybe he just wants to go home. You know, maybe he just wants to go home to the Lord. So, well, I think God bless him. for you, Benny.
0: He's a he's an amazing man, and um, yeah, he's a profoundly humble man. I mean, just to break precedent like this, you know, a tremendous, tremendous act. And he's examining his conscience for years. Yeah. and what um, I
1: fear, what I fear though, is that because people said people knew that popes could resign in the time of JP two. Mm-hmm. 'Cause they said it all along. They're like, he's so decrepit and, and um he's just kind of pathetic and why do we have to keep watching this and can't we just have another young Pope and I mean these are all his opponents and people that wanted to see him out of office in the nineteen eighties. But um you know, I would hate for people to now all of a sudden not wanna have um not wanna have, you know, the Pope, you know, as an icon of the suffering Christ in front of them and then just say, you know, you get to a point, you're no longer, you know, you no longer got it, so why don't you just retire? You know, the last guy retired. Um, there is something extremely um, powerful in the saga of suffering and death that, you know, we watched on the world stage with JP2. I'm thankful that Benedict is not going through a terminal illness or something because, you know, that that's, that is painful and, and uh, painful not just for him, but for everybody to watch that. Um so I mean I think it's important to return what you said at the beginning that we can't see this just as kind of a, a CEO, um, corporate executive, you know, position that, you know, once you can't fill it anymore, why don't you just step aside and we'll we'll find somebody And I think
0: that's the big thing is this is not a retirement, this is not even a resignation properly speaking. Um he's not moving to Boca Vista phase three and you know, southern Florida or something yeah. like that to play golf. And, you know, this is like uh, he's discerned his role now for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And I think we just have to trust that. But it will be interesting. And the next conclave is going to be interesting, too. Oh, what yeah. are they going to do? African? Pope? Wild.
1: Yeah, everybody, everybody's everybody got their ideas. It's going to be this guy from the Philippines. It's going to be this other guy from Ghana. Um, Angelo Scola. Mark Ouellette. Mark Ouellette. He's my boy. I he's know, a Balthazar guy. But, um I don't know. So somebody had an interesting thing to say and at one of the teachers they said every cardinal that goes into the conclave papabili, like able to be pope and like likely to be pope, comes out of it papabili papabili. Like he comes out, you know, possible pope but not the pope.
0: You right, know?
1: right. Um so pray for the pray for the cardinals, pray for the Holy Spirit. Um uh, like not for the Holy Spirit, but pray to the Holy Spirit that that uh, he'd work you know amazing prophetic things and he will. Right. So you're anytime you pray to God you're already telling him to do what he's gonna do. So
0: And pray to pray that God will give Nathan Goble more energy for the next podcast. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: That's it. Catholic stuff podcast at gmail dot com.
1: Laters